Hello, I'm Andrew Suskind, and I'm a psychotherapist and author based in West Los Angeles since 1992, specializing in trauma and addiction. Welcome to our podcast, which I call It's Not About the Sex, also the title of my recent book. Here we focus on all topics related to compulsive sexual behavior, often referred to as sex addiction. In particular, we explore ways to build long-term sustainable recovery while establishing more meaningful connection and greater intimacy. Our intention is to offer fresh viewpoints, brand new perspectives, and practical user-friendly tools toward living a more deeply connected life. Let's get started. Carol Jurgensen Sheets, LCSW, PCC, CSAT, CCPS, brings a variety of experiences to the community, including having worked in schools, hospitals, and in mental health for over 35 years. She has devoted the last two decades to helping men and women manage their sex addiction and by helping betrayed partners work through the trauma of sexual and relational betrayal. Carol is a trainer for the Association of Partners of Sex Addicts Trauma Specialists and is a consultant for clinicians and coaches for APSATS. Carol completed her master's degree at Indiana University School of Social Work. She is currently facilitating workshops on relationships both statewide and nationally. Carol enjoys facilitating group and couples work and has facilitated over 2,000 groups in the last two decades. She has been an executive and life coach for over 15 years and loves motivating her clients to reach their greatest potential. Carol has written a column in the Indiana Living section of the Indianapolis Star on Sundays entitled The Coach, which had over 800,000 readers. The column teaches community life skills that enhance one's well-being. She is currently writing monthly columns for Indie Metro Women and Indie Metro Kids magazines and Boomer magazine. You can read over 500 articles on her website, www.carolthecoach.com, or go to her sex addiction website for sex addicts or partners at www.sexhelpwithcarolthecoach. I am so pleased to have you with us today, Carol. I, I had the privilege of going to one of your workshops in October at the Society for the Advancement of Sexual Health in, in St. Louis this past year and and had the opportunity to to experience the the energy, the clarity, and the depth of understanding that you bring to this topic in a way that I actually haven't heard in quite the way that you presented. So I'm so, just super excited to have you with us here today. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. So one of the things that you shared about in the presentation in October was about your recent book, and it's called Help Her Heal, and that's help, period, her, period, heal, period, a workbook for sex addicts to develop empathy to help her heal. And I think this is such a fantastic and underutilized focus, an underutilized theme that, that I, I really am so glad we're going to be talking about today. So can you tell me a little bit about what made you write this particular book? Yeah, I, I worked with sex addicts for a 
about five years and found that they were getting better and better and they were happy and they had access support. And then I would see their wives and their wives were in the fetal position on the floor. I mean, they were just devastated. They didn't have the support and they needed something from their husbands or wives, depending on who the sex addict was. In this case, I'll just refer to them as husbands. They needed something from their spouse that they couldn't get. And that was empathy. You know, when, when they were, when discovery occurred and when the partner had found out the devastation of the sexual betrayal, she would emote, she would get sad, she would get angry. And it seemed to put the attic into a spiral where instead of being there for her, they felt shame and they retreated and they avoided and it made the relationship worse. And I said to myself, I really need to help the sex addict figure out what he can do to help her heal. And I need to help her to figure out what she needed from him. So that as a couple, they could work on their relationship together if they both deemed that that's what they wanted. And so that was the start of a journey. Um, I developed some skills for the, for the addict. I helped her to understand his limitations, both initially and as he went through the work. And then I thought, you know, I better write this stuff down because my belief is that, and this is, this is certainly not, uh, a generalized statement, but my belief is that men have difficulty with empathy because they've not been taught it from the get-go. And then you take a trauma like sexual addiction and they really lack empathy because they don't know what to do with their wife's pain. And so they do nothing. And, um, when they, when they know better, they do better. And so when I created some formulas that I hoped would work and they have, uh, they used them like champs and the relationship got better. And so it's just been very gratifying to see couples that do want to restore their relationship. Um, you know, Andrew, it's, it's like this, although wives do not like infidelity, and will oftentimes divorce their husbands if they've been unfaithful. When the infidelity turns into sexual addiction, when it's compulsive and when it's out of control, it's almost as if a wife knows that her husband is dealing and reeling from a compulsivity that he could not control. And they end up having a better understanding of what he may need and they stick around and they want to see their partner get healthy. And so I've just been really impressed with partners who really do want to help the sex addict um, get transformed. And that's been a, a nice thing too. Which sounds like not only a, a beautiful opportunity to learn about oneself and about one another, but it really is about what we sometimes call the rupture and the repair, right? And and some people are open to the work that it takes to really do a complete repair, and some people will divorce or will separate. But I, I have a question for you about 
your particular clients who choose to work on it. Is there a, a theme or characteristics that you've witnessed that will predict that somebody will move in the direction of reconciliation and, and actually find a, a more full repair? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't ever think I've been asked that before. So I don't have any research to back me up. But my experience, my anecdotal experience is that um, it has to do with three things. It has to do with the clinician. Uh, one of the things that I do from the very beginning is I try to get both of them in together for something called early couples recovery work. And that means developing empathy and skills that are instrumental in the beginning of a repair. It's not therapy, but it's reflective listening. It's focused listening. It's check-ins. It's AVR, which is an empathy formula that, that helps couples to acknowledge the issue, validate the feelings, and reassure each other that, that they can be there for one another. So when they come in initially, and I do, I ask for both people to come in. My experience is it's the, it's the wife that finds me. She is looking for the best of the best. And in Indianapolis, I happen to be the only certified sexual addictions therapist. So I was the best of the best because I was the only one that was certified. In Chicago, we have a couple hundred um, certified sex addictions therapist. So that's just the difference. And so if I get them both in together and they can both see my passion for and my hope for them, that's one predictor. The second thing is that I want her working on herself from the get-go because, again, there usually is great resentment that once he begins to work with me, he gets better and she still is so wounded. And so I want to give her resources right off the bat that gets her a little bit healthier. And so um, that's the second predictor. And then the third predictor is that I really ask them if they're willing to do some couples therapy, not therapy, sorry, couples early recovery work with me while he's working on himself. And I know that for a lot of clinicians, that can feel dicey because we've always been taught in psychology and social work to not try to do it all, to really pick your client and not necessarily see a couple and an individual because what ends up happening is that you can triangulate them or they can triangulate you and it's not necessarily healthy. But in this work, I feel it's absolutely the opposite. As long as you've got a clinician who's clear and direct about boundaries and about limitations, it actually helps me work with him better and them as a couple better because I'm getting a much clearer picture of their strengths, and their woundings and weak areas. So those are the three predictors that I think make a real difference in the restoration uh, that can occur from sexual addiction. Well, that actually sounds really 
innovative to me because I agree in school, we're often taught about keeping things clean and boundaried and separate. And what I hear is through your experience and intuition and and uh, maybe some trial and error, I don't know, but through the years you've developed a model that, that works, that, that really is boundaried in a different way, that does provide a safe container for the couple to work on whatever it is that they need to work on. But also what I hear you saying is that you're instilling hope from the very beginning. And I'm wondering if you can say something about that, the, the, the infusion of hope, because I know couples will often come in feeling hopeless. But secondly, I, I want you to go back to the AVR acronym, because I, I know that's something you've developed, and it sounds so powerful, and I want to make sure that our listening audience understands what that stands for and, and how you came to putting that together. Well, it may be the coach in me because I'm a mental health therapist of 40 years. And um, I have always had a lot of hope for my clients. I started out Ericksonian and um, that was Milton Erickson who believed that clients could get better quickly. Um, This is not quick work, but that's how I started out. So that was my framework. And then I decided to be a life coach because I wanted to actualize people and take them to their potential. And what we were taught in coaching school is you can do coaching, but you cannot necessarily do coaching with people that need significant mental health. Um, And so I believed it. And then what I found is that this niche sexual addiction and partner betrayal is so specialized that I could indeed do coaching and consulting and helping couples figure out what it was that they needed. And I really reinforce strengths and, you know, positive skills that they were already utilizing. And that gave them some hope because they felt so bad. Either they were so wounded from the betrayal that they didn't have much hope or they were the perpetrator of the betrayal and they were locked in shame. So I believe that it's my coaching that has helped create hope. Now I've learned from one of the greatest and that's Patrick Carnes, the father of sexual addiction. He helped to write the green book and he's trained 1600 of us certified sexual addictions therapists. And he actually had a module in his training for us that talked about coaching. Patrick did it a little bit differently in that he believed you um, really coach couples and individuals once they have um, worked through their issues and they're ready to take their life to the next level. I have found instrumental instrumentally that you can give coaching principles right off the bat. For instance, one of my favorite coaching principles is I am 100% accountable and responsible for my behavior. And if I own that and embrace that, then I have more power to make changes that are needed. And so I'm teaching my addicts to do that. And one of the ways that I have them do that is by utilizing an empathy formula called AVR. And 
you know, I said that it's difficult for sex addicts to know how to empathize because they're already in such a state of shame. So if I can empower them by believing that they're, they are responsible and accountable for helping her to heal, and I teach them formulas that actually walk them through that process, they have something to do and to use. And so ABR stands for A, acknowledge her pain or what issue she is expressing. And then V stands for validate the feelings. And I keep feelings very simple. I keep them to happiness, anger, sadness, loneliness, and fear. Those five primary feelings are something that he can begin to identify and share with her and check out and see if that is indeed how she's feeling. Then that third letter is R, and it stands for reassuring. Reassuring her that he is working on this issue, he's holding himself accountable, and part of her reaction is to who he was, whether it be yesterday, last month, or a year ago, and who he is today, which gives her, again, a sense of hope. She realizes, yes, I may be triggered right now, or I may have felt very, very um, confused by what he just did, but he is really working hard, and he is trying to understand me, and he is really validating my feelings, and I can sense that he does want to help me heal. And here's the most exciting part, Andrew, that I also believe clinically and in my heart that when he helps her to heal, since he initially did the damage, when he helps her to heal, it boosts his self-esteem and he heals relationally much faster. So it's a win-win for my clients to learn these skills and they end up feeling better, more hopeful, and can get healthier quicker so that they can then do some of the deep couples therapy that they should do in year the end of year one or year two. So just to review for our audience, I hear that AVR stands for acknowledge. Acknowledge the issue or the pain. Okay. Validate. Right. Validate the feelings. And reassure. Right. Reassure the um, partner that He is different today than he was yesterday. And he's working on the relationship because he loves her. And that's my experience. The sex addicts I work with are not narcissistic. I mean, I hear a lot of clinicians saying sex addicts are narcissists. And I'm not saying that there aren't a few. Anytime we work with people, you're going to find some narcissism. But what I do believe is sex addiction is narcissistic in and of itself. And so somebody can look narcissistic and really, really have wanted to preserve their sex addiction and their best friend. And now that they've been discovered, they want their relationship back with their wife or they want a relationship that they can feel good about. And um, that's what ABR does. And and just to add something that I'm hearing is that in the core of everything that you're saying, there's love. 
And and mm, with that mm. love or that mutual desire to work on love, there's this possibility of finding the repair, the restoration, and and the desire to, to move forward and to really have a more um, loving, satisfying, pleasurable, safe and secure experience together as a couple. You got it. And so my book, Help, Period, Her, Period, Heal, Period, um, is an opportunity for him to learn these skills and to remind himself that her aggressiveness, her aggression, her hurt is a reaction. It's a trauma response. It's a stress response to discovery. And he can read it and or they can read it together. I just had a couple in here today and they're in their 70s. And she said, we are reading three pages every day. And I find that in that three pages, there are so many nuggets of wisdom that do lots of different things. She said, Carol, I've never seen anybody understand me as well as you do. Well, the truth of the matter is most of us that have worked with partners, we do understand our clients. It's that there have not been enough books devoted to partner trauma. And I know this is going to change. We are pioneers in the field and it's, it's kind of like podcasts. I mean, I had the oldest podcast on sexual addiction out there. And um, I used to ask, people to be on my podcast and they would look at me like they were deers in a head in the headlights. I mean, they were scared. They were nervous. Well, now, as you well know, there are so many great podcasts, so many great podcasts, and there is information in every direction for our sex addicts and for partners on partner betrayal. So the good news is, um, there hasn't been a lot, a lot around on empathy or relationship building for this very specific population, but it's coming. And um, there's going to be a lot of experts writing some really powerful information. Going back to your book, I'm wondering if you could share a little bit about how it's been received both by your clients and the community and colleagues. Well, what can you tell us more about that? Well, I'd be happy to. I, um, it has been wonderful. You know, one of the great things about being a coach is that I can work with people all over the world. There are no telehealth constraints. I can't do therapy, but I can do consulting and I can direct them to the right resources. And so I can help them work on this book. In the UK, right this minute, uh, there is a group called the Naked Truth, and they combat sexual addiction by educating addicts and partners and they have a help her heal group and that group meets every week for 15 weeks and they talk they go through this book and that's been amazing um, I was just talking with Michael Barta who runs uh, Begin Again and that is a two-week intensive course. And he is going to start using my book. And I have an online course for men called Help Her Heal. And it's a, a course that men can do, you know, at their 
discretion. They can spend 15 minutes a night on it, or they can get through it all in one week. But it's another opportunity for men to hear the concepts specifically from me, and they get to see me talk about them. Uh, they get to hear video clips from Patrick Carnes and my YouTube videos. I have over, I think, a couple hundred YouTube videos for addicts and partners and couples work. Um, and so Michael's going to start using this in his curriculum and specifically based on the book. It has just been an amazing experience to see a book go so viral. And, you know, what I believe to be true is that sex addiction is epidemic. Uh, it is epidemic because it's so affordable, anonymous, and accessible. And so the very thing, the internet, that has uh, catapulted sexual addiction to being epidemic is also the thing that can help anybody that wants to work on sexual addiction and partner betrayal. And so this book is one way to get it out there. And um, people, people all over are just so thankful that this has been written. I, I work with a doctor and I, you know, basically I think it's a pretty simple book, but this doctor came in and he said, my marriage would be together today. I'm absolutely positive if I had had this book 10 years ago. Now, we don't know that his marriage would have been together, but it, what a nice compliment that he was reading the book. And, you know, I have a, a client that went to, into treatment and he got this information and he came out and he's never, ever been married. And he knew so much about partner betrayal and trauma and trauma responses and he was excited to be able to um, understand how this affects families and couples all over the world. Now, I have to tell you, this book not only helps the addict to help her heal, but it also reminds him that he is a work in progress. And so... In chapter seven, I write about conflict and I call it the seven principles of conflict after betrayal. And it's a nice reminder to addicts that when there's so much conflict in a relationship, that he can be reminded that it is not him today that is causing the problem. It's about his past. And I want him in step number one to remember that 90% of what's going on in his life with his wife is about the past. And it's not who he is today. And then I want him to hold himself accountable for her pain without going into shame. And my tagline used to be, um, it's the addict that feels the shame, but it's the partner that goes into the pain. And I realized that that was only partially true. I had to change my tagline because what I also saw was that if, if a partner doesn't get the help she needs, she stays in shame. She thinks there's something fundamentally wrong with her. She thinks that there is, um, that she in some way has contributed to the addiction. And what 
we need to let partners know is that the addiction is totally and a hundred percent his responsibility. You know, whether they were having enough sex or weren't, whether she gained weight or didn't, whether they may have had marital problems, but that had nothing to do with his addiction. And so I don't want her to stay in that shame. I want her to get healthy too. Um, and, and so the seven, uh, principles of conflict is to remind him that this is a trauma response from her. This is normal, natural, and necessary, but he can help her work through it. And for him to use an affirmation that says, I won't give my past guilt and shame the power to make me feel blank. Maybe that's inadequate. Maybe that's inferior. Maybe that's angry. Maybe that's hurt. Um, but it's a way to keep him out of that shame spiral, which, you know, Andrew, we know that sex addicts are pretty prone to, so he can continue to help her heal. Fantastic. And one thing I wanted to bring to the attention of our listeners is that what I know is that as a coach, Carol, you really do focus on the future you focus on action steps, you focus on values and purpose. And all of that comes through in everything that you're sharing today, because that's really very hopeful and expansive and, and allows, I believe, uh, our clients to move from, from that place of isolation and hopelessness to feeling like there is a future. And, and everything you've said is, is just very inspiring and you know, I admire you so much for, for the work that you do. Oh, thank you so much. And, and you too. This is a wonderful podcast. Thank you, Carol. Thank you so much for being here today. And um, I'm looking forward to crossing paths one way or the other in the future. It's a deal. Absolutely. I look forward to it. Take good care now. All right. You too. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Today we had with us... Carol the Coach, otherwise known as Carol Jurgensen Sheets, who is a pioneer in working with partners with of sex addicts. Not an easy population to work with, and she's worked with this population for a long, long time. So I appreciate you listening, and if you could be sure to give us five stars on iTunes, as well as sharing the podcast on Spotify, we would appreciate it. And I look forward to sharing with you the next time around.